0: Hi, welcome back to Ask a Monk. Today's question comes from BD951 who says, Can you explain what an insight is in regards to meditation? Is it a thought that arises that causes you to let go, or does it occur at a deeper level? Also, when a person reaches sotapanna state of mind, is that a distinct event in time? Two questions. Okay, first question. Now, what is ins- what is an insight? Um, well, there are two levels of insight. The first one being the the thought level, where one um, has a sort of an epiphany, a realization, um, on an intellectual level, and the second type is a meditative experience of reality for what it is. Um, a realization of the way things are based on on, uh, on meditation practice. It's the second type that is really um, you know, in, in answer to your question re- in regards to the meditation practice. It's an experience. Um, it's not an intellectual thought. There is no need for thought because one sees things as they are. Um, I can go briefly through the insights um, there are sixteen insights that one realizes in the practice of the meditation. If if one does a intensive course, it can be expected that you get through several of these. Um, and you know, if it's if the course is long enough and, and uh, comprehensive enough, you can possibly go through all sixteen. The first one is called Namarupa rupa which is the insight into the separation between body and mind, that uh, all beings are separated into two parts, one being the physical and the other being the mental, that there's no self, no soul, but only these two realities of the physical and mental um, phenomena that arise. Number two is realize, seeing the nature of these two things, how they work together, that they, they work in terms of cause and effect, the knowledge of cause and effect. Number three is called samasanayana, It's seeing things um, as they are, knowledge of comprehension, I believe it's translated as. Um, Starting to see (coughs) impermanent, suffering, and non-self, the three characteristics um, inherent in everything. Why nothing in the world is worth clinging to. Starting to see um, that the things that we thought were permanent are impermanent. The things that we thought were satisfying can't satisfy us because they're impermanent and that they're not self, they're not under our control, and we can't force reality to be this way or that, as we might wish. Uh, Number four is uttaya bayayan, the knowledge of arising and ceasing, and this is starting to really be able to break reality down into the the arising and ceasing, so rather than seeing things as good and bad and so on, uh, we simply see them as arising and ceasing, coming and going. Number five is knowledge of cessation, so starting to see that everything ceases, um, as opposed to watching things arise and cease, starting to re- uh, really see that, that there's nothing in the world that's permanent and starting to um, accept the fact that everything has to cease. Number six is knowledge of, uh, of the danger or fearsomeness, bhayayana which um, starts to realize that there's a problem here that if everything ceases then then uh, you know really we can't cling number seven is knowledge of the of uh, the disadvantages of clinging um, starting to see the the suffering that's caused by it number eight um, is knowledge of disenchantment or dispassion where where one becomes disenchanted with the reality starting to um, realize that it's only the same old things over and over again. There's nothing in the world which is really unique, exceptional, special in any way. In the end, it's all just seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, and thinking. And this is starting to turn away and realize that happiness doesn't lie in, in the experiences that we have. Number nine is munchit knowledge of desire for for release or freedom, wanting to be free, wanting to get away. and Starting to find, starting to actually turn away in another direction and seek happiness, uh, seek peace inside. Uh, no longer looking in, in, into external objects for for peace and happiness. Number ten is is this um, following this this idea and actually looking inward. It, it, it's batesan means going over everything that you've been going, you've been watching in the meditation again, and this time giving it a um, a closer look trying to see where exactly you're, you're clinging to rather than where where you can find happiness number eleven is Bekayana, uh, knowledge of equanimity once you, once you change the way you look at things instead of trying to find happiness in the reality trying to see where you're clinging you're able to work out the clinging work out your attachments work out your, your um, the kinks in the mind and then your mind starts to calm down and and feel equanimous in regards to all things it sees everything equally and uh is is very finely tuned and this is the height of of insight in a worldly sense after Sankarupekayana, after there arises two uh, there arises several knowledges in succession next one is anulomayana where the mind um gets to the the finest point it's like the, the consummation of insight where um, it's so finely tuned that you're able to see things exactly as they are this is really the the insight that we're going for and lumayana means to, um, uh, to, to to come to the middle or to, to, to finally um, get it and uh, go with the grain as opposed to going against the grain that we're finally going with the stream of reality and and in tune with the way things are. And that's just a very brief moment in time. Uh, The next one is Gautrabhu where one changes changes one's lineage, they say. It means um, changes one's state of mind from being an ordinary human being to being one who realizes the truth. Uh, the next moment is called Magayana where one attains the path where one one's mind actually goes inward, not not following a path outward, but Magayana is the path uh, inward, where the mind um, enters onto the path to enlightenment just for a moment. Then there's Palayana, which is the realization of the fruit of the path, um, where one, one uh, sees, realizes Nibbana or Nirvana for the first time. And then number 16 is called but Baj- Pajavekhanayana, where one reflects upon this, comes out with the realization of Nibbana uh, and starts to reflect on the results, seeing um, what has changed in the mind as a, as a result of realizing Nibbana. So the second question, um, the realization of sotapanna. Sotapanna is the moment of realizing magayana, the 14th stage of insight. Once one attains that state, um, one is said to be the first type of holy person, this first type of enlightened being, which is a, um, the, the sotapati-manga-yana, the, the realization of the path of sotapanna. Then the next moment, when one attains palayana, one is the second type of holy person, which is um, one who has realized sotapati-pala, or fruition. From that point on, one is considered to be a sotapanna, one who has entered the stream, because that realization has fundamentally changed the way the person looks at the world Um, there's no going back to an ordinary state of being so one is considered to have entered the stream so to speak and will be born a maximum of seven more lifetimes, so this is pretty technical and and very Buddhist and um, I don't always go into things on such a technical level in in my videos Um, but okay, so thanks for the opportunity and there it is, those are the 16 Stages of Knowledge, Reader's Digest version.